What is up, guys? Welcome back to the next episode of the Triple J podcast. This is like number six, I think. Today we have Jake Deer, Jake Fletcher and myself chatting through all things mindset and how you can use it to help you get an even better transformation. How are we doing, lads? How's today been? We all good. I think Jake's had a more exciting day. Yeah, I'm absolutely aching here. Like I'm busy as anything, up really, really early, going from here to Watford all over the place. But yeah, I did Ninja Warrior today. Had a, yeah, it was a good time. Not too bad. I'll give it like eight out of 10. I thought it was going to be bigger. Like there was a lot more to do. There was only like two big main courses and that was it. But yeah, my, my grip, my calluses, I'm in bits. But literally just ran home, making sure I get, get what needs to get done, like the podcast. And then I'm off to Miller and Carton tonight to enjoy some steak and dinner. Oh, wait, oh. by the way, this is the reason I'm out doing all this is because it's my anniversary. One year. Oh, mate. Miller and Carter can't beat it. Yeah. Sick, guys. So let's get into the first kind of like topic and, and debate. What would you say to someone who is looking to kind of get like a quick fix, quick get in and out kind of diet, don't really want to do it for very long. They want to just lose some body fat quickly and then just carry on the rest of their life. You're looking at the wrong, well, not the wrong thing, but you're going into it with the wrong mindset. Like I think for all of us, this is a lifetime thing. Like fitness is there to enhance our life for the rest of our life. It's not just there as a quick three month thing, get in, get out, and then go back to eating like shit five guys every single night, McDonald's on the weekend. It's there for life. It's there to enhance your life. And unless you're prepared to do that, you're probably going to be disappointed with the end result. Yeah. And is that because like you, you think that most people then um, they diet so fast and diet so high and then there's no real like change to their behaviours and habits yeah. and they this kind is of just why, do it quickly? I think this is why diet culture gets a bad rep because diet culture is this inevitable going really hard, rebound like fuck. Again, going really hard, rebound like fuck. And this, this never ending cycle of just this. And then diet culture has become that. Whereas... It's not that at all. Like we, like as coaches, we know how to manipulate body weight and we know how to maintain someone's body weight very, very like easily. And it's more of shifting that mindset into, again, this needs to be sustainable. This needs to be enjoyable. Otherwise, you're just going to keep on doing the same thing over and over again. It's literally like insanity, honestly, like diet culture. Yeah, yeah I think it's difficult to deal with, especially like as a coach point of view, like obviously we preach like trying to get people in shape. We preach like fat loss, but then people are like connecting that and us to diet culture without probably understanding that the facts that like, as you said, we're trying to do this from a different perspective. We're trying to do this where you can have some inclusivity around eating the foods you enjoy, but going and having social events and still being able to enjoy some aspect of life whilst getting in shape. Yeah, 100%. Um, and just obviously, like, I'm going to try not go off to a tangent and be specific to exactly the question you said. So the first thing you said, what what if people want a quick fix? Okay, there is a quick fix out there. Go and starve yourself, would be one of them. Uh, you can go and drink your calories, that'll be another one. You will drop weight quickly. A lot of it will be water, and then some of it along will be fat and muscle. So if you are realistically the person listening who wants to, in four weeks' time, they've got a wedding, they've been absolutely stupid, Go and do that, honestly. Go and do that. You can drop quick pounds, get ready to dress, and you'll be good. But realistically, 99% of the people on here are wanting to make change because of a mindset or a lifestyle or their emotions or they want to feel confident, whatever there may be. 
that's not going to be sold through the quick fixes. So quick fix for a certain date, essentially. But realistically, most people need to make an, a, a mind, shift cha- mind shift change to see these long lasting results, which again, 1% of you out of there don't care about that long lasting results, which the 99% of you will go, you know what, I want it forever. So what was the, the question? So you quick fix, what else do you say? Um, I can't even remember that the, the last of it, a little bit of question, but it kind of ties in nicely to what you said there about that, that shifting of an identity. Like where, where's the first point of call someone should kind of look when it comes to changing how they perceive themselves? It's a really good Interesting, answer. deep question. Yeah, very deep. In what sense? So, so shifting from who they are as a person to a person who has fitness as part of their life yeah this person who goes to the gym etc you don't want to ask this question to jim carrey jim carrey be like you are not you you are just a body (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean like so so one of the things that i preach in my coaching is that you want to kind of ask yourself the question of who does the future version of yourself want to be like what actions are they doing what tasks are they completing how are they responding to certain situations and, and this is like a process called like either like the alter ego effect or like you're you're trying to identify with a future version of yourself like do you guys implement any kind of like I, discussion with your clients around this kind of area i more i would say more so i hold them to certain standards which again i guess links into identity but i'm just like okay this is your standard which i want you to hit every single week because this is the person who you are going to become anything less than that and we're kind of not progressing forward so that may be from the perspective of we're going to be consistent with training we're going to be consistent with steps we're going to hit our protein etc like just moving progressively moving that forward as we go on like that's what i implement personally yeah so a sense of like giving them like acute tasks to focus on because whether they know what the future version is you have a, an idea and understanding of what someone in their position in the future will be doing so if you can start implementing them now then they're going to be closer to that as they kind of go forward through the process 100 nice jake there any thoughts i feel like i'm very simple-minded with this and that for me i don't i think for me it's just a matter of taking somebody from where they are to where they want to be and taking small actionable steps to get them to them i don't really look into so much the identity and I think the mindset you're specifically talking about, Uh, I do touch upon probably habits that they currently have to detach them away from that, to get them into the habits of the person that they want to become. If that's what you mean by identity, then yes, then that does get touched upon within coaching. Sick. Cool. And in terms of like how you get your clients to talk about themselves, do you notice any like trends between clients that do look really well compared to those that don't around how they talk about themselves, how they position their own self-worth? Um, oh, how they use words. <laughs> Straight away. Yeah. You, you can see it in like, for me, when they message me, it's a lot. If For those who don't do well, I'm, again, not going to name specific names, but it's a lot of, I'll try to get this done. I'll try my best. I'll see if it's possible, etc. And Whereas someone who's done really, really well, they will actually just do it anyway, or they probably won't even mess me and I'll just see their like workout be done, et cetera. Or they'll just be like, cool, I've got this done already. I've prepped my meals, whatever it may be. So the language that is used is again, I don't want to say that obviously try is negative, 
but it's under the assumption that you've already failed as such. Whereas someone who's going to be doing really well have has already presumed they're going to get it done. Like yeah. that's the language I I see difference. Yeah, like you're giving they're giving themselves the opportunity to have failure rather than saying they're just going to get it done, which means removing that op- opportunity for that failure. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, for me, it's obviously, uh, I think the difference between being closed off and opened up. And I think that's from two aspects, being opened up to the possibility of change or being closed off from it. They want the change, but they're closed off from making that change. I think that's one thing. Um, and when you guys get make little changes for them, they're just like, I'm not doing that, but I just want the results. So that's the difference between closed and open, but also being open with you. Um, the type of people that will ask the questions will always come to you with the, uh, with the issues. The ones who will give you who wants more of your time. Whereas the people who just stay quiet in the corner, don't really do much or just do the bare minimum and um, probably will end up getting bare minimum results. Yeah. So do you mean, so like, obviously from my point of view, I can relate that to like ha- having a growth mindset. Like we all have growth mindsets. We're all very open to criticism from each other and where we can improve our businesses because we have that relationship and that idea in that in our minds. Do you notice clients that kind of come in, either they have it or they don't, or do you feel like you're able to manufacture that for them? Um, I would actually probably jump in and say, I want to I be bold and say nine times out of 10, but I won't go too high. But there is a common thing. And I always call this out when it comes to the initial call that I have with a client or an inquiry. And the people that are willing to make change or who do make the biggest results tend to come from a background of sports. So when I say to them the type of words of, are you the type of person, I can give you a training program, you'll just take win with it. If they say yes, I'll be like, all oh, right, do you come from a sporting background? Yeah, I used to do netball, I used to do marathons, I used to do this, I used to do that, I used to be quite active. The used to is quite good because they built them their habits as a child where their brain is like a sponge, where they're open to physical activity, they're open to progression, they're open to that style of learning as you are as a child the type of people that are very hard to teach are the type of people that have never done anything like that. Um, and it's like teaching an old dog new tricks. It's not impossible, but it is very difficult. Um, that's why I find I, I kind of see it as a trend, but it's still possible to definitely make change and that big change. It just requires more effort from a coach to client relationship. Definitely. I think like in terms of when it comes down to sport, like sport teaches you so much about like creating discipline for yourself, having autonomy and like doing the work and training and then like perseverance when thing gets t- things get tough. And routine. And routine. Like at school, when there's sports, it's like you turn up on Wednesday and Friday, you do the match on Sunday. You have that routine in place. You understand that you need to do this, this, and this to get this. And it's the same with this. You need to do your workout this day. You need to do your food this day. You need to check in this day. Rinse, recycle, repeat. Cool, you're used to that rinse, recycle, repeat as a child. Good. Trying to get somebody to check in, trying to get somebody to stick to their workouts, much harder for somebody who's never done anything like that before. Definitely. Jake, any thoughts? I would say from more from a communication point of view, the ones that get the results for me and the ones that are open to the learn are the ones that will actively ask questions and be engaged in conversation, whether it be like, obviously for us, we've got our Facebook groups or openly just WhatsApp on our coaching apps, whatever it may be. The ones that actively engage tend to be the ones that are going to get their results again, because they've got that open mindset to learn, to take criticism, to move forward. Again, it's that growth mindset. The ones that tend to hide in the background are the ones that have probably got the most problems, but actually aren't reaching out for that, which is then where we come in as coaches to try and unearth that, which can be difficult 
and at the end of the day it's down to the person whether they're going to move forward with it or they're just going to keep hiding behind this identity of i can't get results whatever it may be so that's from my perspective do you, yeah and do, do you think that that's like a like a common theme from those that keep making excuses that they do hide away and aren't willing to open up as much as as coaches we probably want them to oh yeah 100 percent. like from like the initial sign up even like the initial sign up you will see i can already tell who's gonna do well because instantly the people that do well get on it they download the apps that i want them to they get the forms filled in that i need them done whereas the other ones will literally leave it to the last minute or not even get it done for our initial call so again massive difference even in that initial five ten minutes after they've joined the team yeah you do get, you do get obviously the odd surprise um, i agree with that as well you always can kind of tell who's going to be successful and who's not you sometimes get like a, oh shit like i've had a couple of clients or a few clients it was so bad at the start calories were up and down like crazy and then somehow we turned it around to well i'd say somehow but we know how uh, but it, it was just obviously a big surprise how much they took on board with the the changes that i made to then suddenly be like look when you join on board you didn't even do a workout you were scared of the gym your calories were up and down now you're literally textbook you're, you're now one of my biggest clients you're one of my big not going to turn into one of my biggest transformations and yeah it's very very rewarding from a coach perspective yeah. What do you think was the biggest turning point for those kind of clients? Me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not, to, not, to, not to blow his own trumpet. Jake got there. <laughs> uh, I'll go into detail why I said that. Obviously, it was a bit of a joke, but it's not. Like, realistically, me, like, I did go above and beyond. Um, and yeah. I did some things that I don't think a lot of coaches would have done. Um, and, for example, to get over that gym anxiety, I did as much as I could from an online perspective, but some... But it did get to a point where I was like, look, I'll go out my way. I'll meet you in person just to get that one session in, help you with that kind of anxiety and just be there if I'm a phone call away. So I think it's just that extra um, tender love and care, um, which probably helped get to that point. Um, I think obviously with us as coaches and generally, we all have a general practice of doing this. You get received this, this week you do this. But sometimes you have to come out of that automated process and go, right, you know what? I'm going to come out of the norm and give you a little bit extra this week just to hopefully, hopefully push you in that better direction. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's a case of definitely like for clients that are pretty new to the, the system, you always can see the ones that do well. So they ask questions if they're confused or they implement quickly. I think that's the biggest takeaway that I can see from those that have done well compared to those that aren't doing so well. Like, you can have someone come on board and they'll be silent for like a week and you've messaged them five or six times and say, oh, I'm sorry, work's kind of caught up with you. But if they don't tell you why what's happening or what's going, going on, you're kind of stuck in terms of like that coaching. How do you go around that? Difficult. You get them on a call most of the times. Um, and then from there, you have to really dig into um, what their diary looks like and really iron out the excuses generally. Yeah. Like, like if someone's a busy mom, they work on their own and like, sure, it's going to be harder, but then there's things you can do. You could program home workouts instead of going to the gym to save them 15 minutes journey each way. You could look to have some sort of meal plan or prep that is going to take them less than 10 minutes to make like pre-cooked chicken, some veg in the microwave and half a bag of basmati rice. Sort it. Like that there is going to take less time than cooking up a full-blown meal, which could save them the time that they're thinking is an excuse for themselves right now.
Yeah. But yeah, as a coach, our, our role is to find different ways to help our clients. Like we have multiple tools. We shouldn't just use the hammer every time. Cool. Yeah. So I think in terms of, um, you mentioned there, Jake, about how some of your clients, they start off really well and then they kind of progress because you've managed to switch things up and change things. Do you notice any kind of changes in how people perceive their self-worth to elevate through your coaching process? I guess that's me. Yeah. Um, elaborate on what you mean by self-worth. So like, like sometimes you can see like people will talk about themselves in a different way or they'll plan more time in for themselves to do things that they enjoy and care about or they're able to say no to work because they don't feel like they have to be that people pleaser anymore. Like, do you notice a change in someone and, and how they talk about themselves and how they pose in photos and, and how they approach different activities in their life as people go through their coaching process with you? Would you say that when you're using the word self-worth, could that come across as the same as self-confidence? Yeah, of course. It's like how someone perceives themselves in their own life. So self-confidence yeah. is an aspect of that. Yeah, well, I guess from understanding the, the conversation is that, yeah, it, it becomes a life-changing situation from going from somebody who would never do these certain things and wouldn't wear them certain clothes and probably wouldn't share certain stuff on social media. Um, yeah, and that obviously starts to change throughout the process. And I, I, I'm blessed to see that transfer. And like my biggest thing, their self-worth is within their relationships. Understanding before they used to take a lot of shit they didn't feel confident themselves, people bad mouthing them and putting them down to the point where now they have that bad, like that, that change in identity where they're like, you know what? I don't give a fuck. I look good. I'm going to post some bikini pictures. You know what? My ex ain't in the picture anymore. And I've got a new partner actually knows myself worth. So yeah, there is some big mind shift change and, uh, and a definite shift in uh, self-worth for sure. Sick. Jake, anything to weigh in on that? I would just agree. Definitely on the confidence standpoint in terms of like, even just like like going out buying new nice clothes and feeling good in it like that is absolutely massive whereas before they might have literally just bought some whatever primark stuff and be like yeah that'd do going out and buying i don't know fucking louis vuitton dress or some shit like cool you're worthy of that your confidence is sky high that's wicked also on again the not taking shit front i think at least for a few clients as well the ability to just not care what people think has been massive and again i think that comes down to self-worth of being like i don't deserve to feel shit about myself i deserve to again feel confident because at the end of the day i look good i've done really well on my journey i don't care what you say because you're actually no one to me so that's massive as well yeah and do you think those kind of like self-care um like actions are important for people on a journey while they coach with you like what kind of like self-care like tips or tricks or steps do you guys put in place to help your clients to improve that self-confidence to improve that self-worth i think it's like again what we do in terms of reward and punishment but more so the reward part of actually cool you've done absolutely smashing this week go with your partner let's go out for a meal whatever it may be okay again you've hit the 20 pound mark buy a new dress whatever it may be for a night out like you're going to look damn good in it simple things like that because i think that helps again with the motivation side of things again i know motivation we've talked about before 
but still I still think it helps massively yeah I think just the support as a coach mm. I think is one thing secondly is just being able to feel like they've achieved something that self-actualization being part of a community all of these things will help with that kind of self-worth and confidence um, and then the transformation itself like it, it, it speaks volumes like it's no brainer if you was 50 pounds overweight I'm sure there is going to be a strong percentage and I'm going to be around the bush that you'd feel not confident in yourself like people don't go to a photo shoot going right I just gained a uh, stomach to, for this photo shoot because it doesn't make them feel any good like I'm sure Jack if you you obviously trimmed down because you wanted to look good and it made you feel good and then pictures look good. So I wouldn't say, I think from the topic of conversation, I work too much on specific tasks to help with self-care, um, more so being a transformation coach myself. I just want to work on creating good habits, um, talking through the issues that they have personally in their life, relationships or in general training, which all come towards that self-care. Definitely. And when you say you're, like, you're helping clients through like difficult times and situations, do you find that people's experiences and emotions often guide their decisions, whether good or bad, and um, in terms of when they're working with you guys? 10,000%. Yeah. You're like, they'll obviously use external factors to dictate whether they could or couldn't do it and dictate the excuse. The excuse will come from them external factors. And it's just a simple question. If your family relative died, you have to ask yourself that question would 99 or 100% of people not be able to complete that task? Yes. Um, was work busy? I'm pretty sure there is a lot of people out there that will still make it work. They would still, okay, so if work's too busy, you're still in a relationship, yeah? Well, you're finding time for that relationship. So then I'm sure you can find time for something else that's important in your life too. Um, it's just a harmony, harmonizing your, uh, your routine. But yeah, everyone dictates their external factors. We all do. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I'm the same. Like there's, there's definitely points where I can, I can look back in the past as, and in the decisions that I have made based on my emotions. I can remember that like, most weekends, uh, if my partner was, my ex partner was ever away, I would get myself a packet of Pringles because I know I'd be able to have them all myself and not share them, which is an awful thing to say out loud when I, when I say that in my head, but it was an emotionally driven experience and decision that I would make every time. I think the biggest one that anybody can relate to is takeaways. Takeaways is totally driven by external factors. Oh, my partner had a pizza, so I had to have a pizza. Yeah. Or I was bored at the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I went to a party, so I had to get involved. I went to a bottomless brunch, so I had to drink. And it's that mindset of like, right, well, I had to, I had to, I had to. I have, I, I, and the mindset of how to, to enjoy myself, I have to get pissed. It's like, no, the enjoyment factor is spending time with your friends and going out and able to have a drink. You need to detach yourself from the fact that going getting pissed isn't what's having fun yeah and i think i think a lot of people forget that the you're not there to drink to be happy you're there to socialize and hang out with your friends to be happy and i think a lot of people miss that when they go to social occasions it's probably one of the reasons that all three of us at some point have done like sober nights out i can almost guarantee it because we we don't feel a need to I mean, apart from Jake at the OT event, because oh mate, <laughs> don't worry about that. Like 95% of the time I've been to a club, it's been sober because actually I'm the designated driver most of the time. I just wanted yeah. to let loose one night, you know? <laughs> sure, sure. We'll find out next week. I'm Jake Fletcher, by the way, not Jake Deer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jake Deer doesn't think, drink. Jake Deer doesn't drink. But like, I think, yeah, I think with, with that one, everyone has that emotional driven one. And I think a, a lot of the times people use the food to cover up 
what's actually going on in their life. And they use the mm. takeaways, the excuse and the trigger rather than identifying like what that real reason is. Like so many people try to measure or manage, sorry, the output. So they try to manage the food they're eating, controlling that kind of thing, controlling not being motivated to go get their steps in or not do their training sessions without actually managing the inputs, which is why am I not feeling great? Is work really stressful right now? Am I in a shit relationship? Do I not feel good about my body? And by not managing that, they're trying to manage the input, the outputs of like eating all the shit food and not training and not walking much. All right, guys, cool. We're pretty much towards the end of the podcast for today. Is there any key points you think you would, is worth mentioning to, to the listeners right now about how they could help to improve their mindset going forward to help themselves in their fitness journey? There is a book I was going to recommend and I've completely forgotten it. I don't know if I've got it here. No, I've completely forgotten. Sorry, guys. <laughs> if, if I remember it after the podcast, I will be sure to link it in the description. There we go. Jake's in charge of sorting out the podcast, so it'll be all sorted. Jake Deer, any takeaway points you'd like to mention? Hire a coach. <laughs> it comes back to the same one, doesn't it? Every time, just the bloodness of just like, hire me, hire a coach. He might, he might, he might as well just say hire me. <laughs> hire me, um, yeah, well, obviously, that's just the simplest plot task to do. If you've got a problem with your plumbing, you go and hire a plumber. If you've got a problem with your your habits and your fitness, then you're going to go and hire a coach for it. So, and same with relationship. If you've got problems in your relationship, you go and speak to a therapist or, or um, a relationship coach or anything like that. Um, but no, like, I think realistically is taking small measurements in terms of detaching yourself away from being the person you are and working step-by-step step to the person you want to be. And the biggest and the best analogy can be from a smoker. A smoker very rarely will go from 60 fags a day to zero. Um, they will have a lot of withdrawal symptoms. The same will be with you. So don't go zero to 100, potentially just take it one step at a time, go for one gym session a week, see how you get on from there. Try and enjoy it and then just build up from that. Definitely. Talking of analogies, I think one of the best ones that you can talk about describing people working hard towards a goal, a crack, a crack addict will never not have money for more crack. He'll always find a way. <laughs> it's true, though, that they'll always find a way to be able to get some. So like, if they're able to do that, I'm sure all the listeners here can definitely put the work in to get their results. If we all had that mindset to everything in our life, I think we'd be... 2000 years ahead of time <laughs> yeah, probably there would be a lot less social loafing that's for sure yeah. um, and, um just before we close this off we uh, forgot to put our fun fact of the day shit, yeah we did well, i've got yeah. i've got I've, I've got your back i've got your back here we so go the fastest gust of wind ever recorded on earth was how fast gust of wind is in like 379 fart. miles per hour 397 <laughs> I don't know a lot uh, 253 <laughs> miles per hour okay not bad it's still fast <laughs> that is still massively fast that is pretty quick and yeah I guess on the note guys that is the end of the podcast you have been listening to Jake.deer Jake Fletcher with an extra e and Jack underscore fitness underscore hope you've enjoyed it please make sure you like share Make sure you tag us on Instagram if you've given it a listen. All these little things help. And don't forget to leave a five-star review. Catch you guys on the next one. Thank you.